Welcome to Below the Fold, the most honest and raw digital marketing podcast around. It's good to be back. Coming back with a bang. I might be hiring someone to speak for me. So you think you're an SEO ninja, eh? That was just my little fantasy in the back of my head. Here's the tip. Oh, I know the tip. Are you the one who told me the tip? I need you to come up with 50 business ideas. I'll be back in two hours. I think I need a new title. Welcome back to another episode of Below the Fold. This show is for marketers, startups, and anyone else wanting to know the ins and outs, the ups and downs of digital marketing. I'm Jacob Perry. I'm joined with Paxton Gray and Brandon Hassler. And this week's episode, our guest is Dallin Rogers of FitCon. Dallin, why don't you take a a few 30 seconds or so to to tell us about yourself and give us your, your elevator pitch. 30 seconds elevator pitch. Here we go. Uh, like you said, my name is Dallin Rogers. Um, I founded a fitness convention called FitCon uh, here in Utah, and it's grown over the last three years. What we have is about 200, 250 different fitness companies exhibiting. Um, we have about 30 competitions occurring at the same time in the same venue, and we also have celebrity uh, appearances, autographs, endorsements, things of that nature. So it's a big fitness convention. Um, we've grown, we have about 20,000, expect over 25,000 attendees this third year. So that's, that's awesome. Where it's at. Yeah. So before we really get into that, uh, we start the show off with current events. Um, have you guys heard about the Instagram updates with the live video that they're going to be introducing with stories? I guess it's slowly rolling out. I have not heard that. None of my accounts have received the update. Mine hasn't either. But yeah, now in your stories. Is it in beta? Well, they just said it's slowly rolling out. So, like, it should just appear in your account overnight, over the coming weeks. Yeah, but, okay. Just some people. But the other thing, uh, I noticed Instagram has a lot of cool stuff on stories, but it's only available to select people. So, I don't know if you guys follow Gary Vaynerchuk, but you'll be watching a story, and he has, like, the swipe up. So, it's like, oh, my new video is on YouTube. And you literally just swipe up, and then you start watching the video. And so, I'm like, wow, well, the heck is he doing that? And I look into it, and it's kind of, I guess, their beta testing it but that's going to be huge if that rolls out because that's always been the frustration for companies and marketers is i can't it's it's hard to drive direct traffic to my site or to my lead pages whereas now on stories the fact that they can swipe up and visit your website or watch a video uh that's gonna be huge so i'm i haven't heard any eta on that but the live video i'm also excited for because you haven't heard any what eta eta sorry see (laughs) i'm a crappy speaker my words just slur Man, that's a, that's a bigly mistake. Yeah. <laughs> bigly. <laughs> hey, uh, sounds like you didn't listen to the last week's show two uh, weeks ago. I listened. Because we talked about just this. What did we talk about? Instagram? Well, we talked about links and Instagram. Oh, and yeah. Oh, that, yeah that. And you said something that I disagreed with. Tell or me. maybe it was him. Not you. I'm pointing to. <laughs> we did talk Darren. about spectacles. Dallin. Uh, yeah, one of you guys said spectacles? something about Instagram that I disagreed with. Now I got to, I'm like, I got to bring that up in the show. Dang it. And now was you it, forgot. I think I forgot. Uh, I, David said that uh, for a lot of brands, it doesn't make sense to get involved in Instagram. And now it will. Is that? There was something that, along the lines, Instagram but there's something specific that he said that I'm like, no, I disagree. Hmm. And here's my reason, but dang it. I don't remember. All Next right. week. Next there's week, your, uh, there's your teaser. <laughs> cool. So the news really is that you can swipe up. We didn't talk about that. No, no. We didn't talk about the format in which you could put links and, and drive traffic. Yeah, and I've only seen that in Gary Vaynerchuk's account. I haven't seen it on others. 
But that would be cool if that does roll out to yeah. people, hmm. especially like YouTubers. That would be, you can just easily watch a YouTube video right from Instagram. Dallin, do you For do Facebook Instagram? That'd be huge. Oh, we use Instagram all over the place. That's one of our biggest, uh, we have about 25,000 followers. And yeah, we, we use it all the time. It's huge. That's awesome. Any, so, any, any news or current events in your industry? In my industry? Yeah, any events that just happened? Oh, man. There's always events happening. There was, uh, there's a new FDA regulation that just hit on supplements that requires them to be manufactured in a certain grade facility. So many of these new startup supplement companies are going to have some issues. Because, oh, interesting. That you is know, they're news. mixing them in their, in their garage or whatever it is. And if that's the case, the FDA is going to come shut them down. So not real technical, but uh, no, but huge in no, the that, supplement yeah, that industry. Impacts, that impacts uh, the industry big time, I imagine, um, especially with how you uh, market your business or how you position it. Well, um, yeah. I, I mean, these new companies are coming out, you know, advertising different claims. And, you know, this, this, this supplement's better than this one because I put this in here. And now it's going to be regulated almost. Uh, not, not fully regulated, but there's going to be a lot more restrictions on what you can so put in there. So cockroaches won't be allowed in supplements cockroaches anymore. Cockroaches won't be allowed. <laughs> there goes that protein. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Dallin, tell us how long FitCon has been, has been around. Yeah, this is our third year running FitCon. Um, and we started at, let's see, our first convention was 2015. And were you at the Salt Palace then as well? No. So we were at the Southtown Expo Center, which is, uh, you know, a little bit smaller of a venue and we outgrew it last year. Um, so we had to make the transition down to the Salt Palace and we, we, we represent about 10 countries and about 30 states of athletes flying in. And so for transportation purposes, it made sense down at the Salt Palace. Man, that is so crazy. So it's been three years. I imagine you started with zero three years ago. Zero. So what, what did you do to grow so fast? I mean, Wait, three years is pretty fast. Actually, to before 20, that, why? Why did you decide to start? Why did we? You know, yeah. it was kind of an accident. Uh, it started out on a super small scale. We actually wanted to, to um, host an event uh, on a smaller scale, you know, a little fitness event where companies can come showcase product. Uh, get local trainers involved. And before we knew it, we had put a deposit on the Southtown Expo Center and we had put a deposit on one of our keynote speakers, which was Ray Lewis, the Super Bowl MVP. And uh, before that, we were all in and there was was no turning back. (laughs) Wow. So uh, it was in a little bit of a sink or uh, swim situation. And uh, we just had to go and hope for the best. So what was your first uh, stab at building your following or or uh, the audience? Well, I think the first thing was obviously getting an account on Facebook and Instagram. I'm not a huge Twitter guy, uh, so that wasn't my expertise, and I don't enjoy it, to be honest. I'm not on social media that much constantly to constantly be doing tweets. But um, I knew visually uh, we could really attract the right kind of market, and so from Instagram and Facebook, it made sense. Um, just to post different pictures and fitness pictures. And well, did you see like a gap in the, like, like who's your competition? Are there other people out there that you're competing against for the same people to come to, to your event as opposed to, to theirs? So there's two, there's two fold to this. One is the vendor and exhibitor side. The other fold of this is the attendee side. So from an attendee standpoint, no, we are the only conference here in Utah. That's this fitness based, um, so there's not much competition there. Now, from an exhibitor standpoint, uh, there's a huge competition. There's many, there's different uh, events all across the country that are similar. They're different than us, but they're similar where they come and exhibit. So uh, being a first-year show, um, the one thing they look at 
is, hey, how many followers do they have? Mm-hmm. You know, they ask for how many attendees are you going to have? And if we say, hey, we're a first year show and we expect 10,000 people, they say, well, you're a first year show. How do you know that? And so we had to rely on our social media to say, okay, we already have this many people say they're coming to the event. We already have this many followers. We already have this much engagement. So we feel really confident we can get this many attendees. Mm-hmm. And that helped us sell sponsorships and exhibitor booths and things of that nature. Social proof. Mm-hmm probably in your case is bigger than in most I'd say. Oh, huge. And, and we, we take a lot of data uh, and feedback and a lot of uh, different polls from people when they buy tickets and when they check in. Um, and the number one thing of how they heard about FitCon is social media. No question. So you started a Facebook account, you started an Instagram account. What'd you do with it? Like how, how did you attract the people? How did you get the people to kind of start in that upper funnel of that, that marketing process. Yeah. So the first thing we did because, uh, our budget was small to start because we were so far out from the event. Yeah. I think we were about nine or 10 months out. So we didn't have a necessarily huge budget to, you know, spend on Facebook ads or Instagram ads or whatnot. So what we targeted was influencers, people who are local, who had large followings. Um, and there's a, there's many, there's many local fitness people who have huge followings you'd never know about. Yeah. And we would, we would offer them to do, Hey, we'll give you some free tickets. Um, we want you to be a part of this event. We want you to come do a seminar. We want you to come make an appearance. You know, how can we get you involved in this event and this idea? And in return, they would post about it on their social medias and drive traffic to ours. So that's how we built it pretty quickly. We'll, we'll give you some free tickets to the show that has never existed until just now. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> There's an incentive. Perfect. So, yeah, that's how we grew quickly and organically um, was because Instagram's tough to grow. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's Unless tough to grow Instagram. organically. Unless you use Instagram. Yes. Have you heard of Instagram? Yeah, we actually use it now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's great, actually. And it's cheap. It's super cheap. Um, and so that's what we use now to automate the process. Tool uh, of the week, Instagram. Why don't you tell people week. about how Instagram works? Brandon? Oh, am I the pitch man? Yeah. Instagram. You're is the only one here, well, I guess besides Dallin, who uses it. An awesome SaaS product that uh, logs into your Instagram account for you, and it will do uh, a lot of automated tasks that... You don't have to. So like auto liking photos, following people, unfollowing, commenting based on the conditions that you set. Right. There's logic in there. Right? There's logic. Yeah. So you got to be strategic and like, are you targeting hashtags? Are you targeting followings of others? And like the cool thing is they're like always updating with new features. So how are, you, how are you using it? Yeah. So, so here's what I realized. And, and if you're just trying to go big, you know, you could set tags to follow certain influencers, obviously, but we understood that our first year where we're going to get the traffic is from the local market. So we would set all of our tags to follow, unfollow, like, comment on people who have checked in at certain locations around Utah because we wanted a geo target specifically to Utah Yeah, um, because there's no point in us attracting people from New York. They're not going to fly out for a first year show. Right. Um, and so that's one of the beauties of Instagram. It does have some downfalls. Obviously, people don't like it or they you know, they posted something bad, like, oh, my grandmother just died, and you post a <laughs> thumbs up on there, and you know, mm-hmm. it automatically automates it, and they write back and say, hey, what are you talking about, you know? So there are some downsides to it that you can't that control. Happened? Yeah, like- it has. It has. Um, or, or it's like a picture of, you know, their their two-year-old child, and we've commented on it, and they're like, stalker, right? And yeah. They think it's us commenting, but it's not. Um, but as far as and this was before some of the algorithms of Instagram came out where they felt like they don't show all the posts to everybody, obviously. Yeah. Um, but we found that geo-targeting the, the people based off location was the best use of our event, even though it grew it a little bit slower because it might not have reached as many people. Um, and it turned out to be okay. So, so you keep saying we. Who, who's included on your team? Sorry. So we, uh, I have a group. Uh, I have, let's see, four employees that are full-time on it. 
um, selling booze, helping marketing uh, operations, things of that nature. So we just say we. No, no, no. That's no, yeah. that's appropriate. I just, I, I guess that was my question. Was yeah. what does your team look like? Yeah, yeah. So we have, uh, let's see, we have uh, three or four full time employees that their, their primary job is to sell exhibitor booths and sell sponsorship packages, um, and I handle the logistics and operations and the marketing side of things. Awesome. So uh, between Facebook and Instagram, what's the number one driver of sales? Uh, Facebook. For Facebook. Us? Mm-hmm. Well, paid Facebook, I should say. Okay. Um, so what we found is, and this could be different for all of you, all of you and Brandon, maybe your market campus videos are different, but videos do well for us. Uh, videos on Facebook, for some reason, a lot more people view them. It reaches more people. Um, so we do a lot of, we try and do a lot of video content. Um, but as far as paid promotion, Facebook is much more, uh, it, it's just better because there's, there's different call to action buttons you can place that go directly to your landing page and convert into ticket sales. And you can track that. You can track who goes from Facebook and then buys the ticket. Um, and so that's what we, that's where we found the, the, the best. Within the video content, what do you find, like what vi- type of video does better and what doesn't do as well? Yeah. I, you know, and that's the million dollar question is what type of videos, you know, do the best. And what we found is if it's, if it's too commercially, they don't do as well. So we always try to add elements of humor in it or fun. So for instance, last year we created these videos that were called don't be that guy commercials. And so basically it shows a guy at the gym who's doing it completely wrong or, and he's doing it just awful. You know, it's kind of like those gym fails that everyone shares on Facebook. And so we did this video of him doing that, and then we made it look as natural as possible, like it was from an iPhone. Um, and then it just pulled up, don't be this guy, right? Mm-hmm. And then it turned right into an ad of FitCon, but that thing got shared everywhere because it was funny and engaged people, right. and they, they related. Now, if we just did a video that was just people working out and say, come to FitCon, that doesn't do as well. So it's, it's the, there's a creative side to it that you have to understand. Yeah. So beyond social, um, or I guess maybe beyond Facebook and Instagram, what would you say sits right after that in terms of what is driving the audience? Yeah, so, you know, we've tried Google Ads, uh, AdWords. We've tried other platforms, um, and they don't, they don't work as well for our type of event. Um, so our first year, how, how we did the marketing was we segmented it into multiple ways. We did, you know, a little bit social media digital. We did a little bit TV, a little bit of radio. We did a little bit um, of printed flyers, things like that. And and then we took surveys and just see, hey, we did some billboards. Where did you see FitCon? Like, you know, where was the number one place? And digital was by far the number one place. Right. Um, so digitally, we just stick to Facebook and Instagram. Um, and then our main goal is to find influencers to post about us. That's where we found the most traffic coming from. Okay. Um, yeah, those are the tools. Are you guys into retargeting at all? Yeah, a little bit. You know, retargeting is good because it's cheap. Yeah. Um, and, and we have used it. Well, um, it seems to like for some people, depending on what uh, the the purchase price is, it might be a longer consideration. So they make they may go to the site, look around, leave, come back later. Yeah, and that's huge, and, and that's something we actually need to do more often. Um, especially probably on an early stage, is to drive people there and then retarget them all the way up until FitCon. Um, Utah's funny. I think events are funny as well is, uh, the majority of the tickets are purchased two days, one day before the event. Yeah. Um, and so I think from, from now until, you know, that week of the event, it's all about educating and getting them interested, getting in front of them as, as often as possible. 
Um, and the best way to do that is social. And so retargeting would be a great idea, actually, because it constantly gets in front of them. Right. You ever so, use any tactics to uh, create a sense of urgency? So in some cases, people use like a countdown clock. Others give, give a specific number of tickets that are remaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so what we do is, you know, for an event like this, you can't do a specific amount of tickets because it's just open to the public and yeah. everyone wants to buy. Um, but what we do is, hey, you know, for so we, we tailor our discount packages for purchasing. So, for instance, when we launch our tickets January 1st, we'll say, hey, for the month of January, if you purchase a ticket, not only do you get a certain percentage off your ticket price, but we'll, we'll throw in a free pair of, you know, FitCon socks, you know? So you buy a ticket, you check in, you get a free pair of socks. But it's only available in January. That's it. So once January is over, we don't offer it again. Mm-hmm. And so we've actually tailored. We, it works really well, but we've tailored a way where the month of, you know, when, when we open ticket sales, we put out our best package possible and offer the most amount of things. And then it just tapers down to one week before the event, they get nothing in its full price. Um, and so that's our call to action to create a little bit of urgency. Mm-hmm. To get them in there so and it seems to work well uh have you guys messed around with seo at all yeah so we do quite a bit of seo obviously okay. um and you know luckily there's not much competition for the keyword fitcon yeah i mean for trademark. fitcon you guys rank number one and there are a couple other fitcons around the united states it looks like yeah and they they're, but you guys are number one for fitcon without and with a space yeah so. and, and and those fitcons should be uh shutting down here pretty soon they, oh really we own the trademark oh okay. and so they've popped up after us Okay. And so it's one of those issues. However, um, we, we focus a lot on keywords, key targeting. I don't know. Comic-Con lost that, that suit, didn't they? Comic-Con Comic-Con did. San Diego lost when they sued Comic-Con Utah or Salt Lake or whatever. Huh. Well, that's actually not quite finished yet. Oh, is it not? Yeah. Oh, so, it's still going, huh? So there's, there's some still issues a there. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Um, so what are you guys doing for SEO? Like what's your strategy or... Uh, just keywords, what we feel. So, so we, we just try and be unique on what we think people will search for this event. So for instance, obviously people we know are going to search FitCon Utah, but they also search fitness expo, Utah. They search, uh, different terms relating to fitness categories. But the other thing that we do is, so all of our competitions, so we have a powerlifting, CrossFit, Olympic weightlifting, strongman. And so we try and target keywords to, Hey, if someone searches powerlifting, Utah, hopefully FitCon pops up in there. Yeah, um, and we just re, we just changed our website over to a different platform, so some of those posts aren't there. We have to recreate the post, um, but that's what we did, and it seemed to work out pretty well. Yeah, I see you guys are ranking for dunking contest. Yep, yep, uh, we have a slam dunk competition. Yeah, I mean you're you're pretty you're uh, 38, but I mean it looks like you're moving up pretty fast for that. Um, so basically, your strategy is what could someone potentially be searching. Uh, and then let's create some content around that. Exactly. Is that, is that kind of the extent of the SEO strategy or is there anything involved? What do you do to think about what someone might be searching? Is there research that you do? Is there just kind of come from, from you and your gut and what you know about the industry? Yeah. You know, I think a lot of that comes down to just understanding the industry and uh, what, 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 at least, and I could be wrong. Maybe you guys disagree, but I feel that, Hey, if someone is actively trying to search out FitCon, they're interested in purchasing a product. So I, I feel that, Hey, if they're, what, what will people search if they want to learn more about FitCon? And so that's what I targeted. So when we did like Google, Google AdWords uh, spending, we sold nothing on that just because it's tough because we don't, it's not a product year round. Right. And so what I mean is someone typed in like barbell, right? And we pulled up as an AdWord, hey, come to FitCon. They clicked on it. They're like, well, it's cool, but you know, I'm not I live in Jamaica. In, I'm not, yeah. I wasn't looking for, yeah, I that's was looking it. for barbells. That's yeah. it. And so what, what my strategy is, is to focus on what I think people are searching when they try and search FitCon. 
Okay. And, and that's a whole variation of uh, searches. Yeah. So you're focused solely on branded terms. Is that right? Branded to an extent. I understand that people oftentimes search Fitness Expo Utah, yeah. fitness event, uh, weightlifting at fitness event, Olympic weightlifting, CrossFit at FitCon, things like that. So, I mean, I, even that is a variation of your brand, right? So, fitness conference. Yeah, it's like it's like an event, event, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so they're variations of our brand name. Yeah, so. And then, like I said, we try and target just competition, so powerlifting, um, and hopes that people are interested in powerlifting and want to come watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the hard part is, like, year-round, it's not as important to us, because right now, you know, we, our tickets aren't even for sale yet. Um, when is the expo? It's April 21st and 22nd. Oh, okay. So it's about four months away. Mm-hmm. When, when do tickets go on sale? January, January 1st. Okay. Yeah, we always do it at the new year. Right. That's, uh, we have a number of uh, clients in the health and wellness space. Yeah. And I can't tell you how much traffic spikes in January. Oh yeah. It's, it's insane. Nuts. It's like, nuts. That whole new year's resolution thing is, is legit. Like that's a, <laughs> that's a true thing. If that's the case. Why don't, why don't you just have it in January? Yeah, well, we he's got he, well, he has to have people buy it in January. Well, Ideally a bunch of people will buy tickets and then not show up. And then he has, to, he doesn't have to service them. No, we want the people yeah, to show no, up. Yeah. They <laughs> want the numbers. But see, here's the issue with January is, if we if we host so let's say we rent out half the salt house like we do, um, host it in January and it snows, mm. we're done. We're toast. Yeah, you know. And so the risk of hosting it in January is not worth. Yeah, that's true. That revenue. Yeah, that's true. With Facebook ads, I'm curious because I've been doing a lot of Facebook ads lately. And welcome I'm, to the show, by the way. Yes, thank you. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's my first word here. Um. I'm curious as to the demographics that you've played around with uh, in the target. Are you, are you targeting purchase behaviors? Are you targeting people with certain job titles? Like when it comes to getting the butts in the seats, what demographics and targeting specifically have you found works really well for you guys? Outside of Utah. Cause we already talked about that. Yeah. Outside of Utah. Well, well meaning not, not targeting Cause we you obviously target people yeah. in Utah. Yeah. So aside from that, what are the things? That yeah. That's right. Oh, so oh, within Utah, obviously, obviously, right. is it job titles? Or? No, I do. I do interests in age demographics. So for instance, uh, our, our demographic is 18 to 35, 40 is our, our number one demographic. Um, and then I base it off of interest, like, you know, CrossFit or bodybuilding or, or powerlifting, or fitness and health and wellness, something of that nature. So I base it all off uh, interests. That's my, what what has seemed to work the best for me. Okay. And? Because you, you got to understand too, like, and I've never played around with the job title aspect, but yeah. uh, the fitness industry, you know, the, the harsh reality is people don't make a lot of money in it. And so it doesn't matter what their title is. We're not looking for high titled executives or whatever it may mm-hmm. be. We're looking for people who are interested in learning more about their health and wellness learning more about the fitness industry and want to see these brands and competitions. Which you'll find people like that in, in every job title. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are a couple like, uh, coach, personal trainer, fitness trainer and stuff yeah, like that. that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah, I can see the interest doing well for that kind of event. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And, and the funny thing is, is, you know, typically the trainers, the coaches, um, they'd already know about FitCon just because of the nature of it, who doesn't know about it are their consumers or the consumers buying personal training sessions. And so that's what we're trying to reach uh, more so than the coaches, because a lot of the coaches compete. A lot of the coaches train people in that industry. So they have to put them in the events. And so they just naturally know about FitCon. 
Mm -hmm. Um, But when you're just talking general consumer based people who are interested in fitness, uh, that's what we're trying to hit. The coaches are the ones looking for you. You're the ones looking for the, uh, uh, the end consumer basically. Pretty much. Yeah. Have you ever done any AB testing on ads on Facebook? Yeah, we, we do. Um, and we just, we're, we're starting to hit a little bit more, but we're doing it a little bit differently. So we're finding out what posts organically do the best. And then we put money behind those posts just to push right. it further. Smart. And so I don't necessarily do, Hey, I'm doing this picture and this picture with different wording to see which one goes better. It's not that structured. It's more, let's post organically. And if this post is getting shared a lot and doing really well, let's put some more money behind it. Cause obviously people aren't enjoying it. Yeah. Um, that's what we found to work the best, but you know, I, I just felt that, I, I guess there's two different ways, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you guys can can correct me, but I feel that you know with this type of event, um, it's more about a educating them early and, and and making them aware of what it is, and then the other thing is hey, a call to action to get them to buy tickets. And, and so we felt that where we want to spend the cheapest amount of money is just informing people, right? Mm-hmm where we want to get people to come buy the tickets and we spend the most amount of money, that's when we put the specific call to actions and what we feel to do the best. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you mentioned you, you want to see what does well organically. So is that saying uh, what you're paying money for is boosting posts rather than running ads? Yeah, so so we do both. Um, but from the boosting standpoint, that's more like, hey, here's some information about FitCon. Right. Okay. So these don't have calls to action necessarily. Maybe in the description and titles and, mm-hmm. and, and things like that, but not specific sign up buttons or click here or get this discount code. No. Right. Um, you know, when we do something of that nature, that's where we spend the majority of our money on the Facebook ads. So I guess it's a difference of just kind of our strategy is do we want to inform people or do we want to get them to come to the website and buy? And who's doing the design and the copy and the photography? So I, we have a guy on staff, his name is Todd Hennessy, and he does a lot of the design and uh, flyers and things of that nature. I do the website. Um, he's more of the logo and, and video design and, and flyer creation and things like that. Your logo kind of has a uh, Marvel. Avengers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah kind of a, an Avengers feel. Uh, I, was that intentional? Yeah, it was. When we, when we designed it, we said, hey, we want it to be a little superhero. Yeah. You know, we, want, we want people to know that they're the superhero of their life. Yeah, that's and cool. that's kind of our basis. That's awesome. So we've been talking about all the successes you've been having, all the things that you've been doing right, and we congratulate you. Twenty thousand attendees next year is going to be pretty awesome. I want to talk about the fails. Yeah, I want you to don't... talk about the things that that you've done that just have fallen flat yeah. on their face. Does anything stick out? <laughs> A lot. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to sift through them. Yeah, I mean, and this is exclusive to to your marketing too. No, that's fine. Uh, yeah, we don't want to know about your life fails. Yeah, right. You don't want to <laughs> keep those to yourself. This isn't a TMI show. When you got Ray Lewis, I remember you saying, we talked a little while back, you had to put all the money up front, right? Half. And, obviously, and he's not cheap not to cheap. get. And so, and like you said, you were all in. So I'd imagine when when people are, when their backs are against the wall, that's when they start getting desperate in their marketing. Um, like, it's just got to work. So are there ideas at that, especially that first year, that like, this is how we're going to get people in and it turns out wow that's not the way um yeah you know what's been funny is when when we started this event i thought that hey if i bring in these celebrities um if i you know offer these awesome seminars that's what people want to come for yeah and so i invested a lot of money in that's what i would think seminars celebrities 
um, things of that nature. And we tried to highlight, hey, this person's going to be here and this person's going to be here. You know, come meet this person. Well, that's what Comic-Con does. William Shatner will that's be it. here. And, and you know what? <laughs> and they come a running. They come run and they come paying for it. Yeah. You should not get William the, Shatner. Not in the fitness industry, <laughs> right? Not in the fitness industry. And that's what shocked me. So on all of our surveys, and this is where, where I made the biggest mistake was, um, we invested a lot of our money in, in that aspect of things and marketed that. But the ROI on that is it's not even close. Yeah. Um, the majority of people, why they come out to FitCon is for the competitions and for the different types of exhibitors that are there. Number three was celebrities. Number four was seminars. And that was consistent both years. So, so, that, so the first year, if, if you had to do over now, knowing what you do, you wouldn't have done the same thing. You, you don't think the celebrity aspect kind of helped you in, in the first year? And yeah. And after that, you kind of had your own reputation to go off of? You're exactly right. So the first year, um, I, I would have done the same thing again. Because when, if we would have just started a fitness expo, yeah. there's not, not much brand uh, equity in, hey, we're, we're offering a fitness expo. Right. Right. But we said, hey, we have Ray Lewis coming. You know, that, that perks of eyes like, oh, these guys are serious. You attach the celebrity to your brand. Yeah, they, they, they thought we were serious. And, and especially on finding exhibitors. That's the hardest part of these events is finding different exhibitors to be there. And, and so that's where um, we felt like our money was worth well spent. But from, from a straight consumer side showing up, no, that wasn't the case. How many people came to your first show? We had about we had over ten thousand. So so you're you're about doubling this uh, in in the next year. Is that oh, right? we Just, doubled last year. We're oh, doubling over twenty five this year. Oh, twenty five. Yeah. You know that's pretty significant because uh, if you've been to Inbound, which is a digital marketing conference, uh, I went last year. Do you know how many people they had this year? I know no. you were planning on going, but you didn't. I didn't. So last year they had about fourteen thousand, and they were brag. I mean, they'd been they they've been doing it for a lot longer than than FitCon. Uh, but they were just bragging. I mean, about, inbound is about probably 14, the biggest, huge. the biggest conference in our industry. It, it may be, and, and I mean, you know, fourteen. 16, I mean, I don't know, but it seems like it is. Yeah. But I think there's it's also big. a big price difference because inbound. I mean, a lot of these digital marketing conferences, they're five hundred plus. What's like the ticket price for FitCon? Because it's a lot cheaper, right? It's it's twenty dollars a day. It's a consumer show. Yeah. So so that makes sense. I think that's yeah. an aspect of it. But at the same time. The individuals at Inbound, they're not paying for their tickets. Yeah, their companies paying for it, you know? Yeah. Uh, so uh, really what I'm saying is that 20, 25,000 is, is huge. Yeah, that's really that's, good. That's a big conference. Yeah, but there, there's an aspect of that, too, that uh, is super important where, you, you know, you could have 15,000 people show up our first year, but if they don't have fun or they don't enjoy it, you know, they're not coming back. So are you having re- repeat attendees? Yeah, we do have some repeat attendees, which is great. And I think that's what's helped us boost it for this next year. Um and that's what we focused on. And you know what's funny is I go back to, uh, sorry, just some other fails on this is I go back to some of our early marketing material, the flyers and how they looked. And at that time when I was designing them, I thought they looked so good. You know, I yeah. was like, oh, this is it. And I look back on it and we're not up to perfect by any means yet. But I look back on that. And I'm like, why did anybody come to this show? <laughs> it looked just so unprofessional. Um, and so we've like come clip up, art. You had like a clip art of some guy almost. like with a, a lifting weights. Almost. I don't know the terms. <laughs> almost. <laughs> almost. And so that was probably one of the biggest fails that we had to, to sink or swim and learn quickly was we need to increase just the overall branding and presence and how it looks. Um, because right now it's not going very well. So is that is that at the point when you brought on that uh, another person to handle design and that kind of stuff? Yeah, that's 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 at that point when we did to, to handle the design side. Um, 
Absolutely. So do you have an, any idea right now about how many, what percentage of attendees are actually outside of Utah and coming into the state for the convention? Uh, not off the top of my head, but I could look real quick, actually. Um, in a second. I guess on that same note, have you given thought to uh, starting to market outside of Utah and, and work on drawing people in? Because, I mean, inbound, people go all over the country for, for, for that show. Uh, and it sounds like this is something that people would be willing to travel for as well. Yep. Or, or, or even expand and have a FitCon Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have a yeah. Miami Other Beach. Locations. Yeah. yeah. And that's our Especially next step. Especially if you own, I mean, the you trademark. own that trademark. Yeah. Yep. That's our next step is to expand in different states. I just wanted to solidify a good business model here first before I did. I don't want to expand too quickly because the worst thing I could do is say, hey, you know, so-and-so run this one in FitCon. I'm going to go start it here in Denver. Um, but FitCon's not on its feet yet. Yeah. And that, yep. you know, yeah. and so I wanted to get one more year of just make sure it's a good model, business model. People are coming out. People are loving it and they start to expand. But it's um, on the horizon. You've thought about it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But what we're trying to do differently here is, is rather than we, we want to expand on the consumer side, but what we've, and this has changed our marketing strategy completely, is we're trying to get business professionals in here. Because what we've learned is what what companies want, especially in the fitness industry, is they want to get in front of professionals. They want to get in front of gyms. They want to get in front of retailers. They want to get in front of personal trainers. Um, like yes. are some of these people looking for sponsorships? Are you talking people? Like, Com- competitive, like the, the people competing in your competitions, are they looking for people to like come and, and – and Well, I think what he's saying is the from companies that are companies. selling a product, they want to get in front of – the professionals in the health yes. industry oh, so that yes. they'll they'll kind of recommend their product to their customers. Well, more so than that, they, they retail their product there. Right. So, for instance, there's a personal trainer with their own studio. They want to get in front of that personal trainer, so that personal trainer buys their product to put it in their studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we're doing now is we're creating a really professional summit series, kind of like inbound, but we're tailoring it towards fitness professionals. So we have a chiropractic seminar we're going on uh, that's going on. We have a personal training summit series going on all at the same time as FitCon. So now not only do we have consumers hitting the show, but we have this professional crowd going through and talking to vendors. And that's really helped us to expand out of state because it's a lot easier to get people out of state coming in if they're professionals or their companies pay for it or they find it of value or knowledgeable. And so that's what we're trying to hit. Yeah, I can Hmm. imagine that works. You mentioned before the show you have – Guess in about thirty minutes, a big launch going on. Completely new website, lots Wait, of cool content in thirty minutes. In thirty minutes, there's a launch. Yeah, no, actually, now it's three minutes. <laughs> oh yeah, it was six o'clock. Six o'clock. Tell wow. us about what that's all about. Yeah, so we've created a, a media department off of FitCon, so it's called FitCon Media, and what we do is we find people with huge following. One of the hardest parts about starting a business is the the advertising, right? Finding consumers, finding people who have. How do you get in front of people, right? Uh, and that's where you spend your marketing dollars on. So what we decided was, hey, we're going to find someone who already has the following, who has a million, two million followers, and they don't have a website or they don't have any digital products yet, right? They have this huge consumer base that is just avid about them, but they don't have any products. So we, we found a, a woman named Erin Stern, who she's uh, one of the most well-known, iconic fitness people in, in the country. Wait, is she blonde? No, she's not blonde. Okay. Brown hair. I'm just looking at your Instagram profile, and there's this... Oh no, that's that Lindsay. Showing up. Okay. That's Lindsay. She's she's huge uh, in a company called Ideal Fit. She's one of their head trainers. Okay. Um, she has actually about a half million followers. Um, and so what we did is we approached Aaron and said, so, "Hey, so we need to get her to to tweet out about mentioning <laughs> yeah. her on the show." Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. 
it'd be good. <laughs> there we go. Um, so yeah, we, we brought, we went approached Aaron and just said, Hey, you have all these followers. We have the ability to create products for you. Why don't we come? Why don't we combine? And so we actually, we, we built her a, a completely redesigned website. Uh, we created digital products for her. So we created a, a 28 day workout program for her. Um, we also created an apparel line for her, a custom apparel line. And so we're launching that tonight to all of her followers. She's doing a Facebook live in two minutes to talk about these new announcements. Um, and so that's what we're doing now on the media side is we provide all of the resources as far as advertising, digital advertising, design. You provide the marketing, use your following, and it's a great synergistic relationship. I've actually, uh, I just read a headline the other day where uh, celebrities aren't the the people companies are going to anymore. It's the it's the influencers who have who've made their mark specifically in the industry they're looking in. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so they're not going yeah. to they're not going to the NFL players anymore. They're mm-hmm. going to the people who are huge on YouTube and Instagram and having them. And you look at Casey them, Neistat just yeah. sold twenty five million to mm-hmm. CNN, and I guarantee you most of that was because they want Casey Neistat's oh, yeah. Yeah. six million followers on YouTube. Yeah, which yeah, yeah obviously. <clears throat> Which, yeah, it's... Well, but the difference on that is, is this isn't a FitCon brand. This is Aaron Stern's brand. So most of, and, and that's the issue. Most of these Instagram, you know, who have, people who have tons of followings, they get contacted by companies that say, hey, endorse my product, endorse this product. Very rarely do they have someone come to them and say, hey, we want to design a brand for you. This is your brand. You know, no longer do you have to make affiliate commissions. You could strictly make money off of your brand. So how yeah. do you make money off of that? We just take a commission on the gross sales. Oh, man. Okay, that's, so uh, it's basically a white label. White, we're just white, white labeling. labeling. Exactly. Smart. I've often thought uh, it would be cool to get a bunch of really influential people and then uh, <clears throat> sign them up for some kind of MLM. And you do the, you do the marketing. You help them build their audience, and they're just the face of it. Yeah. And then you run all the back. Like, you could create a little empire that way. <laughs> uh, yeah. MLMs would be tough. Uh, but cause no one wants to be associated with them. No one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, takes yeah, a lot of yeah, sitting down that. and you need to do this. Yeah. This but, is the best opportunity of your life. Right. <laughs> but that's smart. I mean, uh, it, they do get contacted quite frequently. I mean, I've, I've contacted, uh, in, Instagram influencers to, to recommend products and stuff. And it's hard to, to get through to them. Um, but obviously if you're saying, hey, let's build your brand and I'm going to help you build your brand. Here's a product that you can sell to your people that is your product. Like that's that's a smart. Well, it just makes sense because people, if they follow that person, they follow that person for a reason, right? And so if that person then comes out with the product, they're more likely to buy that product. And it's a win for the Instagram person or the person who has a lot of followings, followers because typically on like affiliate commissions, whatever, they make 10%, 20%. You know, maybe twenty percent. Mm-hmm. Whereas, if it's their own brand, now they're making the majority of it, right? They're doing the majority of the work, and so it makes now sense you're the one getting the fifteen. Now, now we're now we're on the reverse yeah. side, you know. And, um, and to be honest, like, there's been a lot of uh, uh, feedback and kind of a backlash a little bit from using these influencers in YouTube and Instagram, basically saying like, "We're spending this money, but we're not getting the return that we're looking for for how much we're spending." And part of it is because I'm sure the influencer doesn't really care that much about whether or not the product sells. But, I mean, this gets around that that uh, that issue in, in uh, a couple others. I like that. Why are they following her? So before you guys, she didn't have products or services. What was the reason she had such a big following? 
Is it just because she's pretty? She's pretty. she takes provocative <laughs> images of herself. <laughs> I imagine. I don't know who this is, but no. So what that's makes how they all do what it. makes her unique is so. Have you heard of the Olympia? Yeah. So the Olympia is one of the most iconic bodybuilding and physique shows. She won the Olympia about three years in a row, and okay. so she's just built this avid following of people who want to look like her and be like her, and, and so that's how she's done it. And up yeah. and up until you guys, she's I assume as far as the way she makes money is she just recommends products yeah. to other people. Mm-hmm. And then Am you I guys approach She's and not said, pretty. She's pretty, isn't she? Oh yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> she is. She's gorgeous. I'm sure. Um, yeah. And she did have some eBooks and some digital products, but it, it again, it, it wasn't designed very nicely. Yeah. Um, subpar design. She wasn't as bought into it. She didn't quite know how to market it. And so that's where we came in and took care of all of that for her. And then all we do is say, Aaron post about this on social media. <laughs> You yeah. know, and so we, we, we did more than we just like, for instance, rather than just doing a, a $5 ebook, uh, that's super cheap and you have to sell quantities. Um, we said, Hey, we're doing a whole 28 day workout program where not only do you get, so she flew into Utah. We did custom videos for every one of her workouts. Um, we designed her whole workout program for her. We designed her whole nutrition plan. Plus we include a pair of, uh, squat pants is what we call them. Her new designed pair of, uh, lifting pants. You get all of that for just $99. And so now we're able, it's just a lot more value than just, here's a digital ebook. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And so our goal was to create value for these people. That's awesome. That's cool. So, uh, I have one last thing to say. It's going to be the best advice you ever receive as far as uh, fitness, um, the fitness industry. And then, and then we're going to wrap up. Uh, so at my last job, I knew a guy who found a way to make money on Amazon. And what he did was he's, he's selling uh, gym towels. How about that? For some reason, gym towel, I don't know, people lose their gym towels. They wear them out. I don't know. But he was making a boatload of money <laughs> selling gym towels How about on Amazon. That? There's uh, the gap that you have. You need to start making some FitCon gym towels. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Socks. But uh, anyway, do that and let me know how it goes. Uh, we need to wrap up. How long How long have we been going here? Yeah, we're about 45. 45 minutes. Yep. So it's been a great show. I, it kind of flew by for me. Yeah. Uh, I learned a ton. Um is there is there any last piece of advice you would give a listener uh, as far as starting up and building an audience uh, at the growth and the rate or the pace at which you have uh, grown? And we'll end on that. End on that. Uh, you know, my biggest advice to people who want to start their own company or start a business is... Um, go big or go home. You know, there, there's a lot of truth to that. It is you, you can't be afraid of the risk. Yeah. And don't be afraid to go big, um, but but also don't be afraid to fail. And I know that's super cliche, but you're gonna. There's honestly, in my opinion, it's all about. Hey, are you willing to to bust through those times when you know it looks bleak or you don't you know it doesn't look like. Hey, I'm gonna be able to get through this month. I'm not gonna be able to make rent or you know my mortgage or whatever. Uh, it's don't start a business unless you're willing to live with your parents. That's it. It's so yeah. true. <laughs> I think that's my biggest advice. That's awesome. That's great advice. Uh, So next week, we're going to have AJ Wilcox of B2Linked on the show. He's been on uh, previously. You can check that out on our uh, iTunes page. Uh, If you've liked the show, if it's been any value to you, please leave a review on iTunes. It's really helpful. And uh, until next week, we'll catch you below the fold.